All right, Steve, let's try this again. We, we had some technical difficulties on our, our last run through of this starting of this episode of the Stuff Summary Says podcast with Steve. There we go. You're good. I'm good. Steve, can you do me a favor? Can you just mute your Zoom, though? Because now I got a weird echo. There we go. Echo All right. should be going. You... There we go. There we go. We're good. We're good. Steve, uh, we, like we're all this. over the place today. It's like we never is... did this before. Holy cow. I know. This is, this is, this is sloppy. Our listeners are very disappointed right now um, to know that we had technical difficulties. All ten of them. <laughs> well, hey, that's more than nine. Hey, that is more than nine. All right. Um, Steve, we've got a good show today. Um, we, there's, there were some breaking news into the Stuff Summer Says podcast news desk this afternoon's, afternoon, so we're excited about that. Um, we're also going to t- chat about the NFL draft and uh, just kind of some, some thoughts. Um, you brought this idea to the table last, a couple weeks ago, and I think even though it already happened, we, we should talk about the Kentucky Derby. And then this week's old guy, young guy, not really an old guy, young guy, but I just I have a question, and I just want to see what your thoughts are. That always scares me. It's it's nothing. It's, this is a fine question. All right, it's good. It's, you always it's, say that it's really not it's, a big it's, deal. It's really not a big deal. It's not. You shouldn't be worried. I, and it's don't worry. As I said in the rundown, but it's not a quiz. It is not a quiz. Um, <laughs> That's a good thing. All right, Steve. Uh, we got some great great news. I think. I think I would call it great news. Um, Governor Tom Wolf today announced that May 31st, basically all of the COVID restrictions in terms of capacities and bars, restaurants, and most importantly to the people that listen to this podcast and you and I, stadiums are going to be lifted in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, Mask protocols, I think, are still staying in place until everybody's got their second shot or first shot if you got the johnson and johnson one once i think 70 or 80 percent i forget exactly what the number is um but you know i i think we've all kind of anticipated this moment even though i'm still in maryland i think we've all kind of seen these moments are coming away from sports away from it's it's it, this is welcome news like it's it's very nice and refreshing to get good news because i feel like in the last year and a half, we have not really had much good news other than maybe the vaccine is here when it comes to COVID stuff. So yeah. l- let's talk about that before we get into the sports side of it. I think it's just, it, yeah, it's exciting to, to have good news, a positive, something people can maybe even mostly agree on, right? I mean, that's something that hasn't happened much in the past year. Um, I think it's in, in the some minds of some people overdue. I think the Texas thing certainly helped. You know, people across the country with stadiums say, oh, okay, they put a bunch of people in there the past few weeks for baseball and it hasn't been, you know, overwhelmed anywhere. So, no, it's an, it's an exciting thing. It's, and it's something that, that people are aching to do. They're aching to do things with other people in big events. Maybe there aren't people just clamoring to go to football games, but I think there are. People just want to get out and do things and do things in public and, and, and see other people and, and interact with other people. So this this is great all the way around. Um, I agree. I definitely agree. I think I'm starting to feel more safe doing things and, and going out and about. And I think certainly by the time September rolls around, I will feel much more comfortable because I will be long vaccinated at that point. Um, and I think, you know, with that, I, I think it's very clear. It's very obvious to me now. 
you know, nothing official has been said yet, but I, I think the way that we're headed and we're going to get great news in terms of Beaver Stadium's capacity in the fall. I, I just, I don't, I mean, I don't see a way that the Beaver Stadium's not back to normal next year. I mean, maybe masks are still a thing, but I think capacity-wise, Beaver Stadium will be full um, come September, what, 11th this year, I think? Or maybe September, yeah, that's right. September yeah. 1. Somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark, early September ballpark. Um, do you agree? Do you think we'll be? These yeah, and, I, and I, I think if I think if we're not, people will be frustrated and upset, mm-hmm. um, and, and perhaps justifiably so. Um, yeah, I think all all the all all the numbers are, are going the right direction. It seems, and I think people are ready for this. And then I and I. It'll be interesting, you know, when they when they make an announcement about whatever they're doing, how vaccines play into it or not, or what they're going to expect of fans beyond a mask if it's still still an issue, and they've got a lot of time to do that. Like I think the immediate time is, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to open it up, we'll give you some some parameters as we get a little closer. But as we move to digital ticketing, which it's going to be, you know, you don't need to wait for your tickets to be mailed to you. You know, stuff can happen in a, in a click of a button or send them an email and you've got your tickets. So they've got time to ramp up to this stuff and make sure they're all on the same page with things. Um, and I think people will be really excited. And I think that first time for Penn State fans, when you hear the blue band coming out of the tunnel for the first game, it's going to it's gonna feel like a big game, even if it's just yeah. the first game of the season. I agree. Um, I think, like, if Beaver Stadium isn't back to full capacity, which, again, I just don't think we are in that universe anymore fortunately um like if it weren't like what the hell was the point of me getting the vaccine not like and i'll be very honest like there are other reasons why i want to get the vaccine but my primary motivation for getting the vaccine other than like being around my family is is to go to penn state football games again like i it truly is that's how like crazy as it may sound that is the biggest event that i go to those are the most those are my favorite events to go to and that's pretty much like the only thing that i haven't really done in the last year or so give or take that i can't do and haven't been able to do because i need this vaccine in me um that being said please go get a vaccine you know it it just it makes me feel more comfortable being around you and probably you more, more comfortable around me even if you know i'm a weirdo yeah, I don't get the upside of. I mean, I, I don't get the upside of not getting the vaccine. I just don't get it. like I don't. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me, right? Like, I, there's nothing in it that's gonna, whatever. Um, and I got it maybe not so much for the sporting events, but for travel. Like, I mean, I survived yeah. last year without Penn State. Be happy to be back in it, but you know we've got some plans to travel that I don't want to stay home and miss. So, yeah. you know, and people would go without me probably. So, <laughs> I want to make sure that I can go along. Hey, you know, I don't blame you there. Um, I, I think, you know, away from the Penn State aspect of this, I do think the one thing that um, that is kind of near and dear to my heart, at least, um, and I don't know about you, but uh, I'm a big minor league baseball guy. I've always been growing up in Altoona, even all the way back. I don't know if you remember the Altoona Rail Kings. I remember the Altoona Rail mm-hmm. Kings. Um, yep. it, you know, it, it, that is such an important part to communities around the country, and I think seeing this and and letting those stadiums get full again in in a weird way like i actually would rather see that happen because that's such an important community bonding event Mm -hmm. in double a single a baseball you know you go to 
a spikes game even now they're going to be even though they're going to be the draft league it's like it's just there's a different ambiance and there's a different feel there and i think that's one of the cool parts about all of this happening when it is is now like those minor league teams which they absolutely need packed stadiums and i i think they're going to get more better attendance this year because people are going to look for things to do they need that and and it's coming at a perfect time when right around when people start going to those games again because the weather isn't crappy like i've sat at many altoona curve games in april when it snowed um so i i just wanted to to bring that up because i think that's a underrated aspect to to kind of this decision and 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 happening throughout really all of the country yeah no doubt i mean this is a great they're outdoor events i mean it's not i mean they feel safe those and concerts right i mean sporting events and concerts things people can share i mean that's the biggest thing that we've missed in the past year plus is some kind of shared experience and look it's not going to solve the politics you have with somebody or some disagreement but you might be able to agree that you, you support the same team or you like the same music and that'll help like those those shared experiences are important on a much bigger picture than just the outcome of the event or the results of the evening that you enjoy yeah i agree i agree um anything else uh, i think you know the other thing is like i I think it's going to be interesting to see is if both of the um, NHL teams can make the, which I think they're both going to make the playoffs this year, but off the top of my head, but what they'll do, because they'll kind of be the first guinea pigs for indoor capacity in Pennsylvania, because there's no indoor football arenas or indoor baseball stadiums. Um, So that's going to be interesting to see if they go to full capacity or if they're still slow, like, so like, and the reason I bring that up is in, um, in, in Florida, Florida, apparently COVID didn't really exist to some people down there. Um, and way back when the season started back in January, the lightning could have had full stadiums, uh, a full house. And they basically said, we're not going to, we'd like to, but we're not going to, we just don't feel safe. So, there is going to be an interesting line between ownership and, and ADs kind of being the ethical versus the money a little mm-hmm. bit, I guess. You know, but again, going back to minor league baseball, going back to really any of these sports, they've been hurting for money. Like, I think people are hungry to get back out there. I think as people, more people are vaccinated, they'll feel more comfortable doing those types of things again because that's, again – what was the point of me waiting around for it? You know, yeah, I think people just, I think fans will be watching for consistency. And I, I think they will be frustrated with that early on. Like I think some teams, some leagues will do it one way and others will do it another. Um, but I think opening up, opening up of things gives people cover to get back to business in some way. But I'm sure there's going to be whatever your fan college team of might take a different approach to it than your baseball team in the first few weeks of things right. um but at, at, the, at, the, at the overall we're going in the right direction so that's great i think the bottom line with all of this stuff is like just be patient i think that's and i think that that, that will pay off in the long run um all right steve we always we always uh start our podcast off before we do the podcast with what we did this weekend um kind of sort of over the weekend I watched a decent chunk of the NFL draft. Steve, did you watch a decent chunk of the NFL draft? Yeah, I watched all. Well, I watched the first night. Um, 
part of the second and a decent part of the third day. The first, I guess, the start of the third day. So yeah, got a good sense of it, I think. Okay, um, Steve, I have a question for you regarding the draft. What channel do you watch the draft on? Because some people are very passionate about this. Yeah, and, and I'm not. I, I was frustrated early on the first night. Like I was trying to get into a rhythm, and that first half hour or so with with the band and the music and whatever and the, the mic levels, whether it was NFL Network or ESPN just didn't feel like either one of them hit their rhythm and I tried ABC and I think that was okay slash good um I think I ended up coming back to ESPN for most of it though um and I don't know if there was any big preference I mean I I think maybe it was a little Mel Kuyper comfort um and just familiarity not that I don't appreciate the work of the other draft Knicks um so yeah at, at one point that first night and second, it was just became background noise. Like, I mean, I, it's background noise up until about four or five picks before the Steelers. Then I'm really paying attention. And then it's background noise again, you know, maybe listening for a Penn State name, that kind of stuff. I think that's always how the draft has been for me. Background noise is a beautiful way of describing it. Um, so I was the reason I ask you this, so back in college, uh, my roommate and I, we would always watch the NFL Network because we loved Rich Eisen and yeah. we loved how Mike Mayock would just – say random things and they were like usually like correct and usually like you would agree with them but they were still things that Mike Mayock would say and would catch you off guard here and there um and I texted him and he he said he was watching ESPN and I was like you know I've been watching ESPN the last few years and I don't know I I think maybe not having Wingo this year was not great like I I didn't enjoy Mike Greenberg and I'm a big Mike Greenberg. Like I used to like was very upset when Mike and Mike went off the air. Like it was, it was a, that was, you know, that was a part of like growing up and getting up in the morning was turning ESPN on and you would hear Mike and Mike. And and that was before you got the bus. That was kind of what you did. That was how you started your day. And he just didn't do a great job. And I can't really put my finger on why I think the, biggest thing that i'll say um about him was he kept and 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 i know we talk about the steelers a lot so we also pay attention you and i to the steelers more but he kept like being like are the steelers gonna take a quarterback are the steelers gonna take a quarterback and like was trying to push this narrative that like look nobody knew who the steelers were truly going to take coming into the draft with until like the day of basically with the mock drafts. But other than a very few mock drafts very early on, no one thought that the Steelers were going to take a quarterback, even, even till round six or seven. And if that was, there was a quarterback still available at that point. And that was kind of weird to me. And like, there were a couple of other things like that where he was like trying to push these narratives. It just didn't seem like he did his draft prep, which is that is an essential part to sitting in that position or doing any draft commentary. I think um, I don't know if you picked up on that. Um, was there anything else you picked up on? No, I mean for for me it was it was what you were in terms of where I watched it was what you were willing to endure as opposed to what you could gain. Greenberg, yeah, it didn't. He felt superficial. Felt I don't know, not not totally unprepared, but just a little superficial. But I was okay with Mel Kiper. And I was okay with, he was even really better with Lewis Riddick, you know, at other times in Booger. Look, let's pause there real quick. Let's, let's discuss Lewis Riddick. Even though he's a pick guy, I, I think Lewis Riddick is probably the best sports analyst 
on television right now. Maybe other than Kirk Herbstreit. I, I think you could make that argument. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would, but I wouldn't die on the hill to fight it. Like, I think he's good. I think he, he knows I, his I, stuff. He's personal, personable. I love listen, li- listening to him. I think that was the reason why I kept ESPN, though. And even if Booger was there, like you said, Kuiper and Lewis, they kind of they didn't have a back and forth, but they had a good flow going, much like our podcast has a good flow. Yeah, going. and I, on NFL Network, I was, I was in for Rich Eisen, but I wasn't in for, for some of their other analysts. I just wasn't, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it. And I wasn't in the college game day storytelling mode. I don't think they're bad. I think I think they did a good job. It's just there is slightly a different tone of what they're trying to do. Um, so I stuck with, with with ESPN because of of Kuiper and Riddick. But yeah, Greeny had his moments where he was just kind of, like I said, pushing things. Um, and and I think your job there is trying to to distribute and set other people up, and, and that's a skill. And, and that group didn't. For what it's worth, that group on ESPN didn't feel to me like they had a camaraderie and a comfort level with each other. I think Trey Wingo always did. I think I think his group was always together and kind of they were friendly and they, whatever. And you can sense that. I mean, I, th- yeah. I think I can sense it. Um, so there is one thing I want to talk about there. You brought up the college game day aspect of it. Um, when on Saturday um, was watching, well, was listening um, and. Reese Davis was on, and I was like, wow, Reese is doing a really good job, like, not dictating the conversation, but, ho- like, truly hosting the conversation, like, making the conversation flow well from the next person to – because that third day of the draft coverage is so tough because you've got, like, you've got, like, kids from, like, wherever in, like, Minnesota, and, and you've got to talk about them when, like, no one that's – probably watching other than his aunts and his uncle and his mom and dad have seen the kid play basically. Um, and I thought he did a good job with that. And I thought there, like, and I, what I'm saying is I think that if he, or I think and hope that if Mike Greenberg isn't it, which I don't think he's it on the draft this time around, I think Reese Davis should get that ESPN slot. Even if that takes him away from the camaraderie of the college game day crew or better yet, when they had Kuiper, Lewis Riddick, Reese Davis, and someone else, and I can't remember who it was on Saturday, and it was those four, that should have been the panel, I thought, on, on night one. Yeah, and I, and I think they'll figure that out. I mean, I'd be surprised if Greeny didn't, didn't come back for another year just to make sure that it's not going to work um, because they have so much in, invested in him. And I think he thinks they have – I think he may think they have more invested in him than they do, although I guess his paycheck tells that story. Um, yeah, it just – I don't know. I, and part of it is the draft itself. Like that, that, those third days, right? Everybody makes that the teasers and the commercials. This is the day championship team, teams are made with rounds four through seven. Right. Okay, sure. Right. And then even night one, like that was my problem early on. They're just, the NFL, God bless them, throws everything at the wall to see what's going <laughs> to stick. Right. We've got a band who like is like certainly B or C list, but there's the only one that's going to get it that could play in person. We've got a fan Wait, from let's... each team sitting in Roger's chair. Well, he walks by and shows them the pick or talks to them. They've got the charity people coming up who got, you know, the ability to announce a pick. They are trying to touch every possible. And at some point, I just want them to pick players, you know, and I know that's not going to happen anymore. Steve they just wants events. his draft. He wants, exactly. the, he wants the old school telephone. Give me the, hel- give me the hel- telephones, the, the, the helmet <laughs> num- telephones and go from there. Um, so, wait, let's let's talk about the band there real quick. It was It was Kings of Leon, which... They haven't really had a song in the last 
six years, seven years. They've really only ever ever had one song, in my opinion. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to tell me how good they were or something. Um, no. And here's here's what I think about. The NFL... You're in Cleveland with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, so And you got that. Kings of Leon? Oh, there's that. But this is the, the NFL, the, the richest sports league in America. And I don't want to necessarily say the world, but I think the world or... It's a multi-billion dollar mm-hmm. industry, right? You can't shell out like a couple hundred thousand dollars more for somebody a little bit more famous than that. Like, well, and it would be interesting. Like, is did nobody want it? Like, that, I mean, did nobody want to play at a live event? Like, that would be great. And maybe it was reported somewhere and he missed it. But, but yeah, like, and, and they're just so bullheaded. Instead of saying, "Well, we got this group. It's not the A list, but it's the OK list, and we'll take them because we're going to have music." Darn it! No matter what, you know. <laughs> like that, the the house band that was playing was like probably better than the, the like playing the cover songs throughout was probably better. I and I enjoyed that aspect of the yeah. draft over the last few years because the draft needs that type of ambient noise. Yeah, ambient. The background noise is good. That the concert at the beginning, I wasn't in. Like the ambient yeah. noise, great. And if, if the if the people are smart enough to give me some catch to their name, if they're actually paying attention, some song that makes sense or something from their state. That's a win. Yeah. But not Kings. I'm sorry for the Kings of Leon fans. Yeah, there's in the sorry. all those Kings and Leon fans out there. Um, so the one thing you brought up, and I, I want to hit on before we move on, is you you watch the game day aspect of it. Um, I did not. Um, here's my question to you: Why is the draft specifically an NFL event? Not that it, because I guess it is the NFL draft, so that makes sense. But, but why not make it more of a football event? And I think they're starting to do that, like, with the actual experience, like going to the draft, like it's about football itself. But for the fans, it, it, it still feels like they're pushing, they're pushing the NFL over everything. I guess they're the ones paying for it. I don't, I don't know. And like. I, to me, it should be more about football holistically than it is just about these kids getting picked. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that even makes sense, but that's just what I was thinking about. Well, that's good because my next question was, what does that look like? So that's not going to be a big help. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think game day a little bit with the stories, right? And talking about college coach, the college experts they may pull in. I think it can be that way. And it depends on who the story is. I mean, we get. I'm cynical. I mean, and I loved, I mean, this was pre-U. You know, ABC's Wide World of Sports brought used to bring up up close and personal Olympics. And it was like the precursor of, let's do an interview with something and find out that they collected rocks and they did whatever, who knows. And it made them, between the, the taped events they would show for the Olympics, you'd find out about who this person is. And everybody follows that model now and they just do it better, right? They tell great, they do great stories. They get you connected to the people. And sometimes I feel like they're just kind of like the Steelers pick. They're trying to, to for a quarterback, trying to, to ram that down our throats. Oh, you, got, you should feel this way about this person, so we're going to tell the story this way. And so maybe there is a bigger football thing. Like, now, I think who's going to be hot for the draft next year, right? And, and, and is somebody like, well, but their network doesn't have it, I guess. We'd be like Steve Kornacki, right? Like these people right. who are predicting things, like that's going to be the next pulling in your analytics to the draft. Not that there's any big thing to do it, but the numbers and the who was where and how many of this. And you get that the second or third day. But there's so much fodder and so many different ways you could do it that I, I think I, somebody will try something a little different at some point. And maybe, 
now that I think about this, I guess the NFL Network does do this with David Shaw. I think they bring David Shaw right. as one of their analysts. But, like, I, I want more college coach interviews. Like, uh, or I want more – like, obviously, like, Kuyper and McShay are there to do their job, and they're the ones that are going to give you the, the ESPN analyst. But, but on day three, even more so than we already kind of got, like – give me that give me like the scouts aspect of it mm-hmm. or like like what did the scouts see like and make that person available like the nfl is making more and more people like that available all the time and and you're seeing that in social media where you know you get the video of the the, the coach calling the guy and say hey we're taking you with the next pick mm-hmm. just want to let you know give me more of that but give me more of the the that publicly and it in on the broadcast because the broadcast is how i consume the draft even yeah. even if it's background noise that's how i consume the draft i don't really sit around on twitter and wait like it's not a twitter to have a conversation on twitter about it moment to me at least no i think that i think that the scouts idea would be great depending on how much teams would want people to share and willing to share before someone signs a contract about what they think about them right and how much smoke they want to blow at them before they say you know they say well, this is what we saw but but even as they compare them to people, like someone talking about that, because I don't think we get the former players, and I think, you know, I guess we sort of trust them. Like we just raved about how good Lewis Riddick was. But a, but a scout or a, a GM feels like they're going to be spinning no matter what, and everybody's yeah. spinning. But I, I think a scout might be kind of an unvarnished, unvarnished look, or maybe it's a former scout, and they have those, like somebody who worked in the team's office. Right. But it just feels like there's some different ways, because this is – the way we've always done it. And realistically, whether you're taking the NFL Network, ESPN, or ABC, you're getting the same thing, just slightly tweaked. Right. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where people go with it and what they can do, because I think there are things that can be done. Right. All right. Anything else you want to add about the draft? Yay, Steelers. Could have taken. I mean, okay. I think they did okay. Like I, you know, uh, very excited about the Pat pick. I think I will yeah. actually buy a, a, a Pat Firemuth jersey, Steelers jersey. I don't think you're alone. Isn't wasn't there a story about that being a hot item this week already? Uh, is it? Well, I'll, I I'll think have to get one. Okay, all right. I think so. No, no. I think that I think they did as good as they could, and you know, the offensive line still worries me a bit, but you know, it is what it is. Hold on, let me take a sip of water. Sure, it's water. There we go. It, it is. It is water tonight. I, I got to use power tools later, so I didn't want to. That doesn't you. mix, kids. Uh, safety first. Good for you. Um, speaking of Saturday, um, while I was using power tools, um, I totally forgot that the Kentucky Derby was a thing and it was happening on Saturday. And you posed this question, do young people care about the Kentucky Derby? And as the young person on this podcast, I'm going to sit here and say, I don't know. I really don't. I don't. I don't really care about it that much. I used to kind of care about it that much. I think there's this annoyance with the Kentucky Derby. Like there's certain sporting events that there's an an annoyance to me about. Like the Kentucky Derby. Even though I am an IndyCar guy, um, IndyCar, I would I would put like the Champions League final in there, or slash the Champions League in general. Um, certain sporting events that really there's only a couple of like per year that like you, if you were at a party, there's going to be this one guy there that's really into it. And then there's going to be this like other guy there. That's like, 
into it, but he's only been into it for like that Friday before and that like Saturday of the event. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, like, sir. And I, to me, that is what the, the like the, the Kentucky Derby is the quintessential. I care about it. I'm really into this, and that I won't think about it tomorrow or until it comes all the way around the calendar again. No, and I don't think you're. I, I don't think. I do believe that's not an age thing. I, I think young and old alike, it's an event, right? Those people, those, well, fifty-two thousand people, I guess, that went to Kentucky Derby this year. But in a normal year, the hundred thousand plus, if there were that many horse racing fans that cared about horse racing in general, it'd be more than just three races a year that people cared about. Right. You know. Right. Um, the Kentucky Derby is kind of a gateway drug for what seven weeks in the summer. Right now, I got a sort of care. About the pre, what's the Preakness is second this year yet again? Now we're back on a normal schedule. Yeah. I got to sort of care about the Preakness, and God forbid the same horse wins the Preakness. Well, then I got to watch the Belmont because you know what the heck he may win, right? Or she, you know, but it's two minutes a week. It's two minutes on three Saturdays, so it's it's less than fifteen minutes of my summer and a good summer. So I guess I'm interested in in that aspect of it, but no, I don't think it's other than the partying. You know, it it where pick the track. I, I don't know that it's a a young person's thing or even anymore an old person's thing. I, I will say I do know that here in Maryland, um, it, and this is just coming from D.C. friends, um, so that might have something to do with it. Uh, the the Preakness, like, it, it, it turns into a good party from yep. what I understand. Um, I've never been, and I would like to go some year just to kind of experience said party. Um, but, again, I, I don't... I, I just, I can't get into horse racing. Like, and like, I, God bless you if you can. Good for you. Like, at least you got, got that. So, I don't know. Horses or horse racing in general is kind of weird to me. Like, it's like, like, what are they going to do? Interview the horse, you know? Like, <laughs> well, no, exactly. No, I think, I think two of your things in your list probably share a commonality. I think, like, like if it was the Indy, like the Indy 500 and the Kentucky Derby, or probably the Preakness more so than the Derby. I think those fans in the infield are the same fans in many ways. Yeah. Like, no yeah. matter where they are. Like, I think that's the same. Maybe they're rougher at Indy a few years ago, years ago, but I think they're the same people looking for the same experience. You know what it is? You you know how, I don't know if it was this way when you were when you were a student, but when I was a student back in my day, and still to this day, like, there are people that go to the game for the game, and then there are people to, that go to the game to get drunk, to go to the game true and i think i think there's a large portion of people that are interested in the kentucky derby that fall into that latter group than people that are actually interested in the game and oh, that's, that's accurate that's exactly right that's that's accurate and i've always been in the have i always been i think i've always been in the first group especially when it comes to football like i was the poor schmuck who was like okay this is where our seats are because it was festival seating back then you could just sit wherever you wanted in the student section right mm-hmm. so they would send me in with the blankets because I was dumb enough to want to watch warm-ups and whatever else and save the seats. And I'd get our seats and, like, be watch, checking my watch. And, you know, like, an, 45 minutes later, people would come in after, you know, bidding out tailgating, you know. So, but I was quite happy with that deal because I got the seats I wanted and, you know, avoided the crowd by going in early. So, yeah. Okay, Steve. All right. Um, so that was sort of this guy, this week's old guy, young guy. This week's old guy, young guy um, is not really an old guy, young guy. Steve, I was in State College uh, two weekends ago, and I was fortunate enough to swing by the world-famous Berkey Creamery, and it got me wondering, Steve, 
what is your go-to flavor of creamery ice cream? I have and and let me ask you this: what is the what is your favorite fla- favorite flavor or flavors, and what is the best flavor? There's a difference. Well, if they're better than the two that I'm going to name, I wouldn't know because I'm not much on change. Okay. So, so there might be, and and I'm sure. Mrs. Samsel would tell you how many flavors there are because it's her job to kind of know that kind of stuff now. Um, I don't know how many there are. I know. Hold on, you cut out there. What'd you say? I, I said there's. I said it's not my job to like know how many flavors there are because yeah. I'm not going to try and change. Change is not my friend. Okay. Um, so I, Kini Beanie Chocolate okay. and Peachy Paterno are my two. And I, uh, if you were to ask me if I've had, and I honestly don't know if I've eaten any other flavors. Every once in a while, somebody has something and that's what they got, sure. But, like, I'm, I got those two things. Okay. I was just curious. What about um, you? Okay. So, there's, so the, the best flavor is butter pecan. And that is also my second favorite flavor. My favorite flavor. That is very it, much an old person flavor, too, by the way. I, I, love, I, think. I, I love I think butter, butter pecan is an old person's favorite. I, I think the creamery, like, the creamery is the best ice cream in the world. And the butter pecan ice cream is the best ice cream. I've ever had like it is just perfect. Is that what you got two weeks ago? No, they didn't have it. I got I got it to go. I was very because so I don't know if you've been since they started doing ice cream again. I don't know if you've heard, but they don't have all the flavors, which it makes sense, but it's also kind of BS because <laughs> like I'm locked into like there's only so many flavors that I can choose from now, and so the the, the other thing is, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, so. Peachy, Peachy Paterno is my favorite. I think that is just it's it is it's such a staple. I think it's very hard to find a good peach mm-hmm. ice cream. I, I've tried a couple other and they just like the way that the creamery gets the peaches in there and, and the size that they're in there, and you get a good bite of peach each time you, you bite into that ice cream. Great job. No, I'm hungry. Uh, and the my 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 number three, but my number one milkshake flavor, peanut butter swirl. Okay. So if I'm getting a milkshake, I usually go with peanut butter swirl because I just think it's just great. So, so those those are three solid choices and three three good reasons. That's that's good. Like, yeah, I would whisk out and just get a plain. Well, I would probably get a peanut butter swirl milkshake, maybe two. Although yeah, I like chocolatey stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Kini beanie and 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 honestly, my go to. On football game days is, is chocolate milk. Like, you know, we get friends who go get their ice cream cone at 8 o'clock and their kids get their ice cream cone. I'm like, here's some money. Get me get me two half gallons of chocolate milk and I'll see you at the end of the day. Well, so let's let's discuss that. I think that is an underappreciated aspect of the creamery. Like, everybody's like, ah, the ice cream is so good. But everything that's in the cooler section is just, just as good as the ice cream. Yep. Uh, the, the, the milk is just perfect. Um, the lemonade, the creamery lemonade is the best lemonade. Like it is better than Chick-fil-A lemonade. It is, it's just perfect. Um, my mom is really into the creamery cottage cheese, which is kind of weird, but she loves that. Um, and then like the little, the little sausage things I don't even know if the the meat stick things. Yeah. The, the, like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, they don't. They don't do much wrong. Like they, I could yeah. be quite happy there for a while. Um, anyway, so the other thing I wanted to bring up was this was the first time that I I bought creamery ice cream like in 
half gallon because we have a garage fridge now, which has right. a freezer. So very excited about that. Uh, unfortunately, the ice cream just quite isn't quite as fresh or as good as it is when you go to the actual creamery. And I, maybe it's just because, like, the ambiance or whatever. Um, but you had enough dry ice to get you home? I had enough dry ice to get me home. Um, so been been. What kind did you bring home? Did you bring home P.T. Paterno? Uh, no, no. So butter, butter pecan. pecan, peanut butter swirl, and then we brought home chocolate chip cookie dough, which... Okay. is Anna's favorite because she likes that the, the ice cream is cookie dough flavored ice cream which right. is like very rare and hard to find normally it's vanilla ice cream and then you've got like actual will you make your own butter pecan milkshakes at home or is there something out of butter no, milkshake no out? I just I just we're gonna I just or peanut butter swirl sorry yeah butter no swirl. I like the just gonna eat the ice cream okay just, you know just did um well I'm sure the creamery appreciates your business yours and that of others so yeah. and it earns it because I think it's good stuff so Last, and then last question, which will, I guess, make it an old guy, young guy. What was the cost of a creamery ice cream cone back in back in the day? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, how much are they now? I think it was, I think it's like four twenty five. I think that's what it was, at least when I was in school. I, I think we might have gone to the old creamery, right? Because it was a block right. closer to campus, right? Right, right, right. right um, by uh, the theater. Yep. It might have been like three bucks, somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, I remember going there after a file service meetings or just for a date or something. Um, so maybe three bucks. I don't know. Okay. Right. Don't know. Uh, we. I'm trying to think. Um. I always forget that the like I I remember going to that creamery. I was around when that creamery. I don't think that was technically the original creamery. Per no, se, there was another the, one before that. Yeah. But that was like the second one because there was the. I always remember the paw prints. There were pop the paw prints that kind of formed the line. I think that was a class of 90 gift, actually. I think one of the patios by the old creamy was one of my class gifts until they moved mm. the place. So, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't fail at the exam. I feel good. Yeah. Thank no, you. I, I, I just, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know what Steve's favorite flavors of cream or ice cream are. And I feel like for a Penn State podcast, that's a very important topic. We would have asked the guests before now. That's true. So, uh-huh. all right. Um, We'll post on Facebook this week because I'll remember to. Um, so like us and follow us and do all of that stuff there. Um, and subscribe to the podcast and rate the podcast five stars, even if you think it's a four-star podcast. Round um, If you've made it this far, you you love this podcast. Um, <laughs> email and we the, love you. And we love you. Um, the which At this point, it's pretty much our wives, so maybe your daughters. So. <laughs> it's probably your wife, not mine yet. Yeah. Damn, Steve throwing his wife under, I'm, under the bus I'm just on the, the podcast. Truth. <laughs> um, and you should email the podcast at stuffsummersayspodcast at gmail dot com um, with some feedback. My Twitter handle Twitter handle is why is it so hard to say? Twitter handle is at stuffsummersays. I I haven't even had a drop of alcohol tonight. I still don't believe that's water. I, it is water, Steve. It is water. I will pour it over my head. Oh, it should be on video. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. You got anything else? You done? I'm done. No, great show. Thank you. What a show. All right. Goodbye.